Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Second hour of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, David Maddock. We're back here on this Thursday. Our friend Gray Albright will be on the show tomorrow doing a little fantasy baseball discussion. As always, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., as Chris mentioned, has homework for the Atlanta Braves. We'll keep an eye on that game as well as the other games that are starting. Milwaukee Brewers announced starting June 25th, full capacity at their ballpark in Wisconsin. So another team going all in on fans. Let's go all in on our headlines here as we start the second hour of the show. As we mentioned, Javes and Braves underway. Acuna has gone deep. How about the Corbin Burns-Jack Flaherty matchup? That's coming up in 40 minutes from now. Phillies and Nationals, Royals and Tigers starting now as well. Phillies will be without JT Realmuto today. I think he'll be back this weekend. Uh, Blazers and Suns headlines tonight, nine game NBA slate. So we'll see if the Blazers can win back to back games against two really good teams, by the way. And Davis, this is a huge indication as what's going on with green Bay. The end is near for Aaron Rodgers. When you bring Blake Bortles in Davis, that means (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is on the way out. So I I really think this, this is a, a big signal here. That bat signal just went off today here on sports grid. Rogers gone Bortles in. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it. Uh, I guess it does seem to suggest that uh, you know maybe they are making plans for life post Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, the weirdest thing about all of this is that what do we know about Jordan Love? I mean, Jordan Love couldn't even beat out Tim Boyle to be the backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers last year. They spend the number twenty nine overall pick on him, and no one knows anything about him. You know, when when Mahomes was was backing up Alex Smith, we heard about him all the time, right? We, we heard about, oh, he looks great. You know, the team feels good about him. Uh, you know, we, even even if you want to go all the way back to when Aaron Rodgers was behind Brett Favre, n- no, one, no one thought that it was, uh, you know, that Rodgers wasn't playing because he wasn't any good. It was just Brett Favre was still really good and it, it was being reported on. I, I find this whole Green Bay saga to be very bizarre and I, I got to lay so much of the blame on the on the GM, honestly. Yeah, I mean, look, when Lamar Jackson was behind uh, Joe Flacco, you heard a lot about Lamar Jackson, too, and he was a late first-round pick. You know, Davis, uh, you know, Jordan Love was not that great in college. His final season in college really didn't go as well as his junior year did, and he didn't play well down the stretch. Uh, I mean, I, I guess what happened there was what happens every year is like Mac Jones. You know, you get that quarterback inflation and, and teams want someone. But it's 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 definitely a fair point. I mean, I, I could guess Jacob Eason may be better than Jordan Love. Like they're kind of the same draft class. I think that there's a chance of that. But Davis, they really don't have much of a choice at this point if they choose to part with Rodgers because if he goes to to Denver, 
what expectation would Locke go the other way? So then it would be Locke and Love. Is that is that would that be the deal? Well, I mean, this is why, again, why I feel like we got to lay so much blame on the GM of the Green Bay Packers because the trade was so obvious. If you think that Jordan Love is not the guy, the trade was obvious. You trade Aaron Rodgers for the number nine pick to the Denver Broncos. You select Justin Fields, bada bing, bada boom. You you have your you have your franchise quarterback for the next decade. You you basically transition from, you know, 30 straight years of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers right into Justin Fields. You say, look, we made a mistake. We we shouldn't have taken Jordan Love. Um, look, if anyone wants Jordan Love for a third round pick, feel free. You could even send, by the way, you could send uh Jordan Love to Denver uh, if you wanted to. You it could be it could be Jordan Love and uh Aaron Rodgers. You could you could send them, you could send them together. I mean, there were all sorts of different things. Uh, that uh, that could have been done there, and they they would have had Justin Fields, and and they didn't make that decision. And uh, I just, I, I I will not understand. I, I don't understand any of the decision making of the last two years from the Green Bay front office. I mean, their draft in 2020 has to be considered one of the worst drafts in modern NFL history, given the wedge that it drove in between their organization and their franchise quarterback. It, it definitely did. You know, it's interesting when when I used to host with Joe Pizzapi here, I made the comment. I don't know if I've made it to you here on the show. I don't. I, and I know that you only caught probably the tail end of of Favre's career. Um, you know, I covered him. I was covering the Buccaneers at the time. You know, Davis Favre, who is a Hall of Famer. I know this is a completely different topic. Do Do you think that Favre that would be allowed to play in the NFL ba- based on his numbers, based on throwing thirty touchdowns and twenty? I mean, he essentially was Winston in green Bay. And, and that was like, okay. Like, I don't think you could do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, it would, uh, it would probably relate to how that translated into wins on the field. Like when, yeah. when, uh, like, for example, I think Jameis is probably going to win 10 games as the quarterback of the Saints this year, and I think they're going to feel great about it. But if he is throwing interceptions and pick sixes and losses, I think people will feel a lot differently. I, I agree with you, though. And Brett Favre started off his career with 33 interceptions and 18 touchdowns and, and won three games. Well, it's, it's a lot different. You know, it's, a, it's definitely a results-based business, no doubt, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, with Green Bay, even in winning championships, Davis, he's throwing 35 touchdowns and throwing 20 picks. Like it's, uh, I mean, they they had a ton of talent. They had an amazing defense with Reggie White and Leroy Butler. Um, they had great teams, but Favre essentially they lived with all of the mistakes because he made all of the great, he made some of the most amazing plays that we've seen in the history of the NFL. So interesting stuff for him, no doubt. By the way, never would have had a shot uh, playing like he did with the Jets, right, Brett? No shot. All right, week one, NFL odds coming up next. The lines are out on FanDuel, and we'll take a look at the opening night game between Dallas and Tampa Bay, as well as the rest of the odds. See if we can get an edge on any of these early on. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Well, if you're interested in getting five months ahead of the first week of the NFL season, then this segment is for you. NFL odds are out on FanDuel. Am I right about that? Let's see. June, July, August, September. Four months. Four, four months away from, from week one. And, and Davis, this just shows you the popularity of the NFL. Can you imagine us doing a show talking about opening day of Major League Baseball four months before they happen and giving out odds or the first game of the NBA season four months before the first game, but uh, FanDuel does a great job of people uh, keeping people engaged, no doubt about it. So we do have a list of all of the games and the spreads as they open up the season. Without before we go through these, ha- have you placed a single bet on a Week One NFL game? Yep, I uh, I bet the Arizona Cardinals plus two and a half points at the Tennessee Titans wow. as uh, as soon as that line. Um, was available to me because look you were not going to get more closing line value on any game than you are betting one of these you know five months out of the beginning of the uh of the nfl season no no doubt at all all right so we'll, we'll find out why davis did that in just a second let's take a look at the first series of games here as we begin the uh the nfl season we have FanDuel opening up tampa bay is six and a half point favorites over dallas the titans are minus two and a half over arizona Jacksonville is a road favorite. Wow. Minus two and a half at Houston. And the Los Angeles Chargers are minus one at Washington. Boy, it, it is hard for me to look at Jacksonville as a road favorite at Houston. It just it tells me Houston must be awful. Uh, so explain to me why you think the Cardinals will be, let's say, uh, let, let's say a Pickham or, or Tennessee minus one. Because that, that sounds like you believe that that's going to happen in September. Not only that, I I would imagine that the Arizona Cardinals are probably going to end up being favored in this game by the time that we get to uh, week one of the NFL season starting because the Cardinals are the better football team. Uh, The Titans do not have a good defense. They didn't do a ton in free agency to alter the scheme of that defense. They lost Corey Davis on offense. They lost Jonu Smith on offense. So it's A.J. Brown. Um, it is new rookie Des Fitzpatrick. They signed Josh Reynolds, the former fourth wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams to be their second wide receiver. They also lost offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. I, I think it is going to be a transition 
style year for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, another year older. Whereas I think the Cardinals got better. They added some impact defensive players in the draft. They added Rondale Moore in the draft. They removed AJ, uh, not AJ Green. They removed Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you and I both don't think that AJ Green is going to play in there on uh, on opening day. I mean, maybe he does, but Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Kyler Murray. That is, uh, that is quite the offense to try and deal with. And basically, um, even despite Cliff's best efforts, the Cardinals have actually still been really good against the spread. Not, not straight up win-loss, but against the spread, they've been very good. Well, Kyler Murray has been their quarterback because the market the market is not respecting Kyler Murray, and they, they are going to learn, or, or I guess I'm going to keep betting on them while the market doesn't respect him. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Dallas Tampa Bay, by the way, to open up the season that that choice of putting that game on Thursday? Uh, I mean, it, it, I guess it I guess it feels fine. Um, you know, those are those are two big brands, right? The Tom Brady brand, the Dallas Cowboy brand. I mean, you're, you're not really going to you're not really going to find a, a better way to get non football fans to turn into a game than putting Brady in there and putting the Cowboys in there. Yeah, makes sense for sure. All right, let's take a look at some of the other games for opening weekend of the NFL. Again, courtesy of FanDuel. Vikings minus three and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. Carolina Panthers open up as four-point favorites over the Jets. Atlanta minus three and a half over Philadelphia. And and Pittsburgh is at Buffalo. And uh, Buffalo is minus six and a half. Can't imagine the Eagles being three and a half point underdogs in September on this one, Davis. I'm I'm not sure if they win this game. It seems high for me with Atlanta. Yeah, uh, that one, that one I, I thought was interesting. You know, we just don't know a ton about the Eagles, and so I think that the lines for these games are going to be pretty conservative early on in the season. You know, we don't know uh, exactly how they're going to line up on offense. We don't know if Zach Ertz is going to be in the, be on the team or if he's not going to be on the team. You know, we don't know is Jalen Hurts 100% for sure locked in as the opening day starter? Do they, do they, is there a move left for them to make theirs, their trade? Do they start Flacco? You know, what, what are the Eagles thinking as far as, uh, as Jalen Hurts goes? I, I am inclined to, to kind of like the Eagles as the underdog there because I am such a believer in Jalen Hurts. But, uh, you know, betting against the Falcons is kind of just one of those things that offense is so good when Julio Jones is healthy. They're, of course, adding Kyle Pitts to that mix. Like, it, it never, it, to me, it never feels that good to bet against the Falcons. Or bet on them. Either way, I think it's probably fair with Atlanta's also. Uh, okay, San Francisco opens up as more than a touchdown favorite at Detroit. The Colts are a very slight favorite at home against Seattle. Kansas City is minus five and a half at home against Cleveland. And Denver opens up at minus one at the New York Giants. Give me Denver week two at home. Give me the Giants, Davis, week one. Oh, see, I don't know. I, I was thinking I just want to bet against the Giants um, as much as possible this year. I, I think the mark in general, the New York Giants are already a public team. Uh, you know, I mean, literally the FanDuel Sportsbook, you, you can go and uh, you can go head on over to Jersey. You can you can uh, in the same day, you can go to the Meadowlands and then you can walk on over uh, to the FanDuel Sports. Well, you, you got to get you got to get an Uber. You can't walk. You can you can see it from the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can see where the Giants play. So they're a pretty public team where the FanDuel Sportsbook is taking action. I don't believe in Jason Garrett. 
I don't believe in Joe Judge. I don't believe in Dave Gettleman. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I, I think that uh, this high-powered offense they're trying to put together, you know, Evan Ingram, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Toney, Saquon Barkley. I, I think the guys who hold the keys to that Ferrari are uh, are guys you don't want driving your Ferrari is is kind of my is kind of my thinking there. The the sports car might be up and ready to go, but the guys who are are putting the gas in it and driving it and changing the tires, I, I think, are about the worst mechanics you could have for the job. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you thought that that this Denver minus one had a little Rogers baked into it, but then when I look at the Packers Saints game, I think it does not. So I guess we could kind of move on to that. And if you look at it, they have the Saints at minus two. And so, uh, you know, that sort of tells you that this is the belief that Rodgers is on Green Bay to start the season, honestly. Miami at New England. New England is minus one and a half. Chicago at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are a touchdown favorite. And then the Monday night game is Baltimore at Las Vegas. And clearly FanDuel is down on the Raiders as everybody else is. Their win total was low. And they are five-point dogs in the first week of the season, Davis. Yeah, I, I think as they should be. I think I like both of the big favorites here. I think I both like the new-look Los Angeles Rams with Matt Stafford and the resurgent Baltimore Ravens. People, I mean, people forget because the Ravens, uh, the last two seasons, have ended the season in such an ignominious way, you know, uh, not exiting the playoffs with a ton of grace each of the last two seasons, but they are a great regular season team. They are so efficient running the ball. Uh, and they and when they get up, they just they they put their boot uh, on the neck of the opposing team. There is no because they're so efficient running the ball, right? And a lot of teams are not that efficient running the ball. When you know the Chiefs, when they are up twenty points on you, uh, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, and, and and we saw last year a bunch of teams were able to cover the spread against the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs you know were never in doubt of winning the game because they just weren't that efficient running. You you do not have that with the Ravens. So I, I really like the Ravens here. Uh, this opening line against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, Monday night home dogs, usually a pretty good bet, but we'll see what happens when they open up the season in Las Vegas in September. All right, well, speaking of the Ravens, coming up next, for those of you who are getting involved in early drafts in fantasy football, we'll give you some tips from what the Ravens offense may look like in 2021. Of course, we got Fantasy Reality, Sports Grid 60 coming up as well. Live updates from baseball games, no doubt. We'll be right back here tomorrow at noon to close out your week. So make sure you stick with us right here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Davis, back with you in just two minutes here on the show. Stay on the grid with us as we take a look at the Ravens' outlook for the season. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and David's back here with you. We'll update you on the Major League games going on very shortly, so stay with us here on the grid. We're here until 2 o'clock Eastern, and each day we're doing a different preview of an NFL team from an offensive perspective. For those of you who are getting ready to do some fantasy football best ball drafts here in the month of May, maybe even in June or July, and Davis, today we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens and no shortage of offensive options for sure. As you mentioned, uh, there's no question their running backs are going to control a lot of this thing. But I think that there were some people, at least in Baltimore, fans there were not in love with their offensive coordinator last year. And and really Lamar Jackson for a large portion of last year, even though the fantasy numbers were fantastic, the reality numbers really weren't as good as they thought they would be. Yeah, uh, I think there was just a little bit of natural regression for our guy Lamar Jackson last season in uh, in 2019. I mean, he was he was unbelievable. Nine percent of his passes, nine percent of Lamar Jackson's passes went for a touchdown in 2019. He threw for 3,127 yards, uh, 8.9 adjusted yards per attempt. He also ran for 1,200 yards, leading the team. In 2020, uh, the passing fell back a little bit. 6.9% of his passes went for a touchdown, uh, 2,757 passing yards, uh, only averaged 7 points. He ran for 1,000 yards in, uh, in 15 games. So he was still great for fantasy. The Ravens, you know, still went 11-5, and five, second in the AFC North, still made the playoffs, uh, beat the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, then lost in that you remember that awful playoff game against the Bills? It was windy. Yep. It was wet. Um, I mean, one, one of the worst games I remember watching. They only score uh, three points on offense. They, they tried to kick a desperation field goal at the end of the, the first half. I mean, it was not a fun game to watch, and I think that is you know why a lot of Ravens fans were wondering, what's, what's going on? How can this be our offensive plan to only put up three points in a playoff game against uh, you know, a pretty average Buffalo Bills defense that got uh, the, their doors blown off uh, the very next week. And so uh, I guess I, I understand the frustrations, but I personally, I'm not all that concerned. They add Rashad Bateman. They add Tylon Wallace. They are going to be removing some of those empty calorie targets to Des Bryant and Willie Sneed and Devin DuVernay. And I, I, I do think the Ravens will be generally improved on offense this season. Well, look, from a fantasy perspective, you can't go wrong with Lamar Jackson. The guy rushes for 1,000 yards virtually every year. So uh, still a very high-end quarterback, maybe not drafted as high as he was going into this season, but still going to be, I I think, taken as second or third quarterback off the board for sure, if not number one in in some leagues too. Now, running back has always been a really special place for people who have drafted Baltimore Ravens running backs because whether it's been Mark Ingram – 
or I mean, Alex Collins to a degree a few years ago, Davis, they, they always seem to produce, but they don't ever seem to commit to one player. Now, when you look at who they have this season, J.K. Dobbins would appear to be the main guy. Like he would, it would appear that this is the guy there, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they do tend to rotate running backs quite a bit. Gus Edwards has gotten his fair share of what, third and ones and fourth and ones, ends up getting four or five yards. And I think they're probably ready to just toss Justice Hill at this point. I don't know that it's worked out for him, but he did get some, I think I would say, crucial playing time in different points last year. Are you convinced that they're going to do this with J.K. Dobbins? Is he going to be a 25-touch guy? I I don't know. They just don't do that. Yeah, I I think the biggest problem with J.K. Dobbins' fantasy value is that the Ravens just really do not throw to their running backs, which is what you have to have for high fantasy value in this environment. Um, You know, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. You know, Derrick Henry really is the one running back who is able to just get so many carries, right? You know, 25, 30 carries. And, you know, he's able to sustain his fantasy value just based off of carries. But he's really the only one. Uh, So Dobbins last year played in 15 games. He had 134 rushes, but only 24 targets, 120 receiving yards. For him to really break out as a fantasy player, he would probably have to be closer to 250 rushing attempts. But really, you'd want to see him get to that 60 or 70 target range. I don't know if they feel comfortable doing that with him right now. Dobbins is going in the second round, you know, uh, late second round, early third round of drafts right now. Uh, Gus Edwards is also being drafted. Uh, you know, he is going um, kind of in that round nine, 10 range, kind of your, your zero running back target range. Now, the thing with Edwards is he is never going to be used as a pass catcher. He has been in the NFL right. for three seasons now and has only 18 receptions uh, to 414 rushes. He has 137, 133, and 144 rushes over the last three seasons. So they use him in a pretty consistent way, but I don't think they'll ever want to use him as the lead guy. So So Justice Hill is probably now the direct backup to Dobbins. Edwards probably stays in his role regardless of, of what is going on around him. You know, and then again, If we want to zoom out a little bit, the other problem with all of these guys' fantasy value is Lamar Jackson is the goal line back. He is going to be the one who gets the first crack on the goal line. So Dobbins kind of has pressure on both sides where he has pressure in the sense of not getting enough targets, but also if he's going to score touchdowns, they kind of have to be long touchdowns because inside the five is just all going to Lamar. Yeah, I think that's that's very fair. I, I was not a huge Dobbins guy coming out of Ohio State. I was actually surprised. He, I thought he played better than I than I thought he would coming out of college. Uh, okay, so Marquise Brown is is probably going into the season as their number one. I know he was very frustrating for people last year. It feels like those eight touchdowns came in two games or three games. Sammy Watkins, look, at this stage, I mean, it's always the health question there. So we know they took Bateman, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, and – he plays anything like the rookie wide receivers did last year. Everyone will like him a lot. Duvernay is there. And uh, Tylen Wallace, I have no idea who that is. So, Davis, uh, what do you make of their receipt? Did they do enough in the offseason with just adding Bateman? Is this going to be enough for Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I mean, you know, I wish they would have added Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, 
Allen Robinson. You know, I wish they would have added one of those top-tier caliber free agents, but if they weren't going to do that, this was about as good as they were going to do. Sammy Watkins, you know, we we all have our opinions on Sammy Watkins. Is he better than Willie Sneed and, uh, you know, 33-year-old Des Bryant? Uh, yes, yes, he is. He is definitely better than those guys. He will have a, a better on-field impact than those guys. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I loved him coming out of Minnesota. I thought it was an incredibly savvy move by the Baltimore Ravens to select him with the first pick, uh, with their first pick in the draft. Um, And I I also think Tylen Wallace, who was a total stud wide receiver as a junior at Oklahoma State, uh, he tore his ACL late in 2019, which was why he decided to go back to school. I think had Wallace not torn his ACL in last year's incredible wide receiver class, I actually think he probably would have ended up being a second round pick in the NFL draft. Um, I, I think he would have surprised people with how early he would have gone. Uh, then, you know, the the pandemic, the torn ACL, like just weird things happen in college sure. football last season. So I, I think this is an incredibly skilled group of players. And I, and I think they have, are doing the best they can to help Lamar Jackson's development as a passer, to make things easier on him. And we haven't even gotten to probably their best pass catcher at this point. Right. And and again, uh, Mark Andrews two years ago probably was among the most valuable fantasy selections in 2019 based on where you took him. He was a star. And then, uh, Davis, I mean, dare I say it wasn't the opposite last year because he did score seven touchdowns, but he did miss a lot of time. The yards went down. The touchdowns went down. Nick Boyle is there, too. We know he's not much of a factor. So I guess simply put, for Andrews, is it just all about health? Because I know they're going to play 17 games this season. If he plays 15, he's going to be a top three tight end. And if he plays nine, he won't. I mean, that's pretty much where I stand with it. Yeah, I I am a big buyer on Mark Andrews because I view all of the associated Ravens, Dobbins, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, Bateman, Andrews, I view all of these guys as a way to kind of buy low on Lamar Jackson. And Lamar's star has fallen ever so slightly. You can now select him in the fifth round. Last year, you had to take him in the third round of drafts. But Andrews, to me, is most connected to Lamar because he's the touchdown maker. Like, if Lamar is making guys miss in the backfield and doing these incredible acrobatic spins out of the pocket and extending the play, it's all going to be Mark Andrews who is benefiting from that. Um, And if you go back and look at the crazy touchdowns he produced in 2019, uh, he, he, again, he was the beneficiary of the defense as just being so keyed in on Lamar. I I believe in Lamar. I believe in Greg Roman, the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. I I think that they will figure these things out. And so I I think, you know, for example, Kyle Pitts is going ahead of Mark Andrews in drafts right now. I, I would prefer to select Mark Andrews where he is going in drafts to Kyle Pitts where he is going in draft. So I, I, I feel like I'm pretty bullish on the Ravens, you know, kind of relative to the market right now. And, and look, drafting Ravens in fantasy and betting the over on the Ravens during the regular season is a pretty much a winning proposition almost every single season. I mean, they were just very well coached, arguably, if not uh, the best coach in the NFL, top three guy in John Harbaugh is very well liked by his players, by the team, and they always win. So what, what else is there to say? And they, and they always score a lot of points. So, yeah, I like Andrews, too, going into the season. He was my guy two years ago, and then he just got drafted way too high this past year. So 
Uh, didn't work out exactly. Seven touchdowns, 700 receiving yards for Andrews. Coming up next, it's time for fantasy or reality. LeBron James sitting out yet again. And is it time now for the Mariners to go all in on the 2021 season, calling up their top hitting prospect, calling up their top pitching prospect? We'll touch on that next right here on SportsGrid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ronald Acuna Jr. is homeward for the Atlanta Braves. They lead 2-1 two to one right now. Also, Philadelphia with a 1-0 to nothing lead on the Washington Nationals. We'll see if Kansas City can get things going today. It's been a tough run for Davis's Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas, excuse me, Kansas City Royals, not Chiefs. And then starting up now here, we have St. Louis and Milwaukee. Before we bring in Brett for fantasy reality, Davis, let me throw one at you uh, separately. A, bo- a bonus fantasy or reality. Fantasy or reality, Corbin Burns will walk his first batter of the season today. Fantasy or reality? Reality. He he walks his he walks his first batter. It's the the streak is just so absurd. He's got to walk someone today. I'll say I'll say in the in the third inning he is going okay. to walk Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson wow. walks off of Corbin Burns in the third inning. There you go. I will I will lay my claim. He's, he's got it all picked out. Exact inning, exact day, exact time. Can you give a time? 2.52 Eastern? Wow. It's like, that's on point. Wish you could bet that on FanDuel today. All right. So he says yes to that, Brett. Uh, Corbin Burns walks a batter today. What do you got for fantasy reality? All right, Craig. Well, you mentioned it right before we went to break. LeBron was supposed to return on Tuesday. Didn't return on Tuesday. He was supposed to return on Wednesday. He did not return on Wednesday, although he did give a speech for the raising of the banner, so I guess he was there. Um, But with only five days left in the regular season, it is officially time to start worrying about LeBron's health. So is this for fantasy or reality? You You are now concerned about LeBron's health. Davis, we'll start with you. 
Is this a fantasy or reality? So I was I was looking at this on our rundown, and I, I really wanted to think about it. And and at first I was like, no way, I'm not worried. He's fine. He's LeBron. You know, he's he's made out of he's made out of stronger material than all of us. But the fact that he came back, then sat again, then had a return date, then the return date got pushed back, then the return date got pushed back again, then the fact that they're going to have to play in this play-in game most likely. Uh, where they were not anticipating, you know, I think LeBron was planning on having four days off when that play-in game was scheduled to happen. They thought they would be in the regular playoffs. I, I am actually, this is a reality. I'm worried about the structural integrity of LeBron James's ankle, which is the injury he's dealing with right now. I, I think that if he was 28-year-old LeBron, he'd be playing through this, and I, I think he would feel fine. I am officially worried about LeBron James's health. Okay, I'm going to say fantasy. I'm not worried about his health, and I, and I do think that he's going to come back, and I do think he's going to play, but as close as to non-human as LeBron is, they're going to lose to the Warriors in that play-in game if, if all he does is come back and play in that one. I mean, Anthony Davis isn't the model of health either. It just seems as though this season for the Lakers has just gone completely sour with both of those injuries. The Nets are getting everybody back. They're playing well. The Lakers are going the other way. So I'm not concerned. And I do think LeBron is going to play his 30-some-odd minutes or maybe even 40 in a play-in game. But I don't think that that's going to be enough for them to win. So that's my concern, that the Lakers won't get out of the first round. But as far as being healthy is concerned, I don't think that they would say that he is this close to returning without him being actually close to returning. It just seems like they're being a little cautious. We'll probably see him once, I would guess, before the uh, the playoffs would be my guess. Uh, so I'll say fantasy. I'm not concerned with the injury, but the team, very concerned. All right. Well, fair enough, Craig. I think you brought up some good points. We're going to turn over to baseball now. Craig, we'll probably end up starting off with you for this one. But the Seattle Mariners, they picked up or called up, excuse me, prize prospects Logan Gilbert and Jared Kalenic. Both are supposed to be playing today. So we have to ask, Craig, fantasy or reality, the Mariners' window to win starts now, starts today. Yeah, this is fantasy. Uh, Mariners have lost four in a row. Their run differential tells you they're probably not as good as they looked in the first month of the season. Um their window is 2022. They have another young player named Julio Rodriguez, an infielder who has a chance to be, they call him another A-Rod, another chance to be a star. Gilbert is a rookie pitcher in the majors. Don't ever forget that. It usually doesn't go well for these guys. For every Trevor Rogers, there are two players that we've talked about here on the show. There are Spencer Howards. There are Nate Pearsons. There are Jesus Lazardos. It is very difficult to succeed in your first season. Seattle has a chance to be 500 at the end of the year. They have a chance to get their fan base really excited. And I think 500 is a nice mark if they can get there. They don't have enough pitching. They definitely don't have enough hitting. And they're counting on a young player to carry them for the next five months. This is not a window for 2021. It is for 2022. So it does not start now. It starts this offseason. Yeah, it uh, it does start this offseason. I, I was going to say their window probably doesn't start 
until they have to start thinking about paying Kellenic and paying some of these younger guys, you know, paying Kyle Lewis and some of those guys, because once you are committing to paying the big contracts to those guys, you either have to make the decision are, are we comfortable comfortable being the Los Angeles Angels where we pay Trout, we pay Rendon, we bought Otani, but then we don't make any significant investment? Or do we actually want to win the American League West? Do we actually want to win the American League? Do we want to make some trades? Do we want to make some extended financial commitments? Or do we want to start trading prospects? Do they want to trade Taylor Trammell for... I don't know, Lance Lynn? Do they want to trade one of their high upside prospects for Kyle Gibson? Do they want to add some arms to this rotation? Do they want to pay for a catcher who can actually hit? None of the Seattle catchers can hit uh, a lick, you know, and I think those are the decisions they're going to have to start making. But they they have obviously been gifted by getting some of these very high upside prospects, including Jared Kalanick, who who I, I think is great. I think he's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. But yeah, uh, I, I, I think that this is a fantasy, Brett. Yeah, I think better, better Brett to wait another season. Um, you know, wait for Houston to take that dip after the year. Correa gone, Altuve a year older, pitching in flux. Oakland, who knows? Texas, not good. Seattle could make a big mark next year, but they'd be foolish to try and fight the Astros this year. Astros eventually are going to pull away with this thing. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I opened up my window in my apartment for the Mariners. The window is open now. Um, (laughs) But our next question, Motown legend Stevie Wonder turned 71 years old today. I know Craig really missed doing fantasy birthdays, so we had to get Stevie Wonder in here. But Davis, we're going to start with you. You can name or you know five Stevie Wonder songs, fantasy or reality. Uh, Not only can I not name five, I don't know if at this very second on the show, without Googling, if I could come up with the name of one. Um, I, I know who Stevie Wonder is, and I bet if, if we if you know if Craig started humming along the one, I'd be like, Oh yeah, 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 I know that song. And maybe maybe I know them via osmosis, like I've you know, I've heard them in, in grocery stores or hotel lobbies or whatever. But but as of right now, I'm sitting here, I I don't think it, it, I wanna say, isn't she lovely? Is that a Stevie yeah. Wonder song? Very there good. we go. Okay. Very so good. I know one. I know I know one Stevie Wonder song for sure. Um, outside of that, Craig, I, I don't think I can I can pull off another Stevie Wonder song. Yes. So uh, you know, I don't think that I could do five either. I don't think that I could uh, offhand. I was trying to think of five. Uh, Isn't she lovely? Uh, is definitely at the top. Um, Superstition, without a doubt, is one that I know. Uh, the 80s had uh, Part-Time Lover. That was another really popular one. Um, and I think I got to stop there, Brett. I think I, I think I got to stop there with Stevie Wonder. I'm sure that they're um, skeletons. Um, I, I tried my best to not think about this today, but I, I don't think I could come up with five. Brett, why did you choose this question today, just out of curiosity? It's his birthday, Craig. He's turned 71. Oh, We got to celebrate his birthday. You know, I know you missed the fantasy birthdays and the stadium tours. So I tried to bring some of it back for you. Gotcha. Okay. I I don't know if you've ever uh, 
I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, you know, any of these like kind of legends in, in concert, but there's this, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but there's this real like conspiracy video with, uh, with Stevie wonder. I don't know if you've seen this Davis, you may want to YouTube it later, uh, from the, from when he appeared on the Oprah show, it went viral. Uh, I want to say maybe like a decade ago. And there was like a rumor that Stevie wonder could, uh, actually see. And there's this video clip that they constantly show where I guess he's on Oprah and like he walks over to Oprah and hugs her or something like that. I, I don't I don't remember exactly what the context was of it. It was sort of ridiculous to think that after all these years that he's been like faking it, uh, arguably one of the greatest artists of all time. But maybe worth like two minutes of your your YouTube time to uh, to check this out. Apparently, he like goes on the Oprah show and like knows that Oprah's right there to hug her and then. There was this whole conspiracy theory after that that he could actually see. I, I don't know. Big, big fan. Well, I used to be a big fan of conspiracy theories. Like when I was when I was uh, in my in my in my younger days, or like definitely as like a, a high school student and a college student, I I loved uh, I loved a good conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theories are uh, I in in our modern our modern climate they're much less fun they uh they've become they've become the the total realm of crackpots like instead of your uh you know your your older brother's older friend who like has bob marley posters being the one telling you about conspiracy theories now it's all like misinformation videos on fist on facebook that like make them up but i would find that to be a hilarious conspiracy theory the the question i have though would be what is what is he gaining from this? Because if you are going through life as a, a blind person, I feel like the advantages compared to the disadvantages, I, I feel as if um, they, they they would not outweigh. Like I, I guess I, I don't see the the cost benefit analysis here of uh, of keeping up the charade. Yeah, cost benefit analysis would be zero. I I, I don't understand it either. I, I think it was just a a theory for for someone to uh, bring up, but. Uh, look, he, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think too, like I have a lot of vinyl records. I'm a big collector of records and I, and I think I may only have one Stevie wonder record of all of the seventies and sixties and eighties records that I have. I, it's not that I was not a huge fan because I certainly respect him as being one of the greatest artists ever, but I, I definitely, I, I don't know why I struggled to get to five songs of his. I guess that's just a bad job by me, but Regardless of that and all the conspiracies, we have a little more to come here on the show, which of course is the Sports Grid 60, where Davis and I have a topic that we talk about at the end of the show. As a reminder, we continue on tomorrow's program. We'll be right back here at noon, getting you ready for the weekend in fantasy sports. And next week here on the show, NBA playoff preview, discussion on the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, and of course, Plenty of Major League Baseball to get to as we get closer to the Memorial Day mark where most Major League Baseball teams feel like they know their teams at that point. I know I know what my team is on Memorial Day as we get closer to that too. Scott Farrell coming up later going coast to coast game time decisions and in-game live for all of your betting needs right here on Sports Grid. Davis and I will be back to wrap it all up. Stay on the grid. Don't go away.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today, Sports Grid. We got to get out of here, folks, today. I hope you won't miss us too much. Go back and watch our other shows on demand, if so. If not, here's Davis with the Sports Grid 60 to end our program here on this Thursday. Davis? Craig, I, I'm asking for a break. I'm asking for a break from the markets, the the stock markets, the crypto markets, the top shot markets, because here's here's the thing. There's only so much U.S. dollars one man has has the ability to disperse amongst the world and pretty much every day it feels like something i like something i value is is having a dip you know we i i've seen some very cheap top shot sales over the last couple markets as you and i are uh, are on the show crypto is dipping 10 15 percent and i'm like well i can't i can't let this dip go by oh you know this the the this stock i really like is down to eight percent, which in the stock market is a big swing. I, I guess I better pick up a share or two or that. And I'm I'm just asking for a break. Can we take a week? Markets, can we take a break where we we just just a week to just hang out, take a break, no big dips, because I am I am exhausted trying to keep up with all of these dips. Well, good news for those of you who are out there that sell shorts on Instagram. Davis may be willing to make a purchase. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna end the show today with Major League Baseball and the automated umpiring system that is going on in low A. Uh, Hide your eyes and pray that this is not the indication of what the future may be because the low A games being played in Florida are almost all four hours long and every team is walking about six, seven, or eight guys a game at the minimum. Uh, it is not gone all that well. We have a lot of time to go, but before you're willing to get rid of the human umpires, you better make sure the automated umpires get fixed and fixed pretty quickly. Some of the words that I've, I've heard about it, I can't even say here on this show. Check the data for yourself over on the Minor League Baseball website. Thank you to Brett, Danny, and Ryan, of course, as always, for producing. James over at LTN. For my co-host, Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mish. Hope you have a great day right here on SportsGrid. We'll see you tomorrow here at noon on SportsGrid.com. Don't go away.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.